1987. Television screens are never the same as The Simpsons' first air. Reagan implores Mikhail Gorbachev to tear down this wall. And a cop from Detroit shoots a would-be rapist in the dick. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, everybody. This is LPJ here for you on the Last Action Podcast. And my right-hand man currently sitting to my left is the sphinx hello sphinx how are you i'm doing fabulous absolutely fabulous you look like a million fabulous dollars i sure do fabulous i well you know i feel fabulous good i feel fabulous because we're talking about one of my mount rushmore of action film movies i've never seen you have this big of a smile possibly since i've ever known you i'm wearing the shirt you are and i'm very excited about talking about RoboCop. Yes. This is one of my one of my all-time favorite action movies, one of my all-time favorite movies. It's on my Mount Rushmore, like I said. I love RoboCop. I love it. Calm, calm it down. I love RoboCop. Love me the RoboCop! Buy that for a dollar. I, God, it's so stupid. All right, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So RoboCop. we're talking about RoboCop, 1987, directed by... The glorious Paul Verhoeven. Glorious? Glorious indeed. Because Paul Verhoeven directed some of the greatest action films of all time, i.e. 1990s Total Recall. He directed Basic Instinct. He directed Showgirls, your favorite movie. (laughs) You told me one day, you're like, hey, Showgirls is my favorite movie. You're so full of shit. Uh And then he also directed Starship Troopers, which is a very underrated movie. No, it's not. Oh, we may talk about that on this show, too. I I assumed we would. We we probably will. Paul Verhoeven, we're going to be touching base with Paul Verhoeven a couple times. Which I'm not too happy about, because he is not one of my favorite directors at all. In fact... I can't stand him as as a director. I called him an actor just a moment ago, but no. Ugh, he Haterade. Somebody's got a bottle of Haterade right in front of him. I sure, certainly do. This is not my jam. I can't wait to crush that smile that's on your face. Like it can't you're, happen. You're it so cannot, excited. This movie, you I cannot crush cannot this movie. wait. You cannot ruin. You cannot rain on my parade, you jerk. This movie You're already was, getting defensive. We haven't even talked I'm, about I'm, it yet. We're, we're getting to it. It was written by uh, Edward Neumeyer, who also wrote all of the Starship Troopers movies. Yeah, that's, which, that's great for him. The first one's good. The, the rest I haven't really There's seen. There's more than two? There's like four. What? Mm-hmm. Good God. Did, I mean, direct Did video. Verhoeven do them all, too? No. He did not. No, well, I guess he's smart enough to do that. I think he might have did the second one. Mm. But, uh, maybe not. I don't know. But then it was also written by uh, Michael Miner, and uh, the two of them kind of met. Yes. Um, and they had two different ideas. They did. One was about a, uh, a, a cop who gives his body over to science. Yes, that was Miner's idea. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, another one about a, was it a, a robot cop? Yes. And then they couldn't get the deal passed. Yeah. Uh, Newmeyer was, was influenced by Blade Runner. 
And so that was where the idea came from about the movie of the cop chasing robot criminals. So he's like, why don't we just turn that around? Be like, how about a robot cop chasing human criminals? So, yeah, that's kind of what happened here. They came together. Um, I also saw that the first screenplay was written in 1981. Yep. So quite a few, you know, that's six years before this movie actually comes out. Um, and they didn't have RoboCop really as a cyborg. From the way I looked at it, it, it seemed like it was more like a machine helping to solve crime. So I was thinking in my head, was it like a Knight Rider type of deal that they maybe had in their head? I think it might have been. I, I, you know, and Which I think that would have made this movie a hell of a lot better, in my opinion. Oh, you, sir, are blasphemy. Blasphemy. No, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, so they combined their ideas and came up with RoboCop. In fact, David Hasselhoff really would have made this movie a lot better. You're a jerk. <laughs> uh, music was composed by... Basil Poliduris. That just tells you how great it is. Yes, but he wrote a lot of great stuff. He wrote Conan the Barbarian, Red Dawn, Hunt for Red October. He did the music for Free Willy, which you love. You're a big fan of Free Willy. <laughs> one of those movies you <laughs> Actually, said you I did love that movie as a kid. And then Starship Troopers, that other movie that you clearly love quite a bit. Not so much. Um, you know, I mean, Michael Miner, that, yeah. that helped write it, he was a producer of music videos at this time. He was. He was a music video producer, yes. So, Thank you for that. I just wanted to add something. Might be the only thing you add to this episode. Well, you know, I said some good stuff already. Mm-hmm. So the music, um, the theme is really strong. Um, but The theme really, is probably my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, the theme is very strong. Solid. The rest of it is just all, you know, solid action background music. But we'll, we'll play a little bit of the theme here so you guys can kind of hear that. I have it queued up. Sort of, It's a, there's a long opening. It's about a minute 30 before it really even gets into the theme. So we'll play that right here. A little taste of it. Very orchestral. Very. It's kind of reminiscent of um, Tim Burton y. Like Danny Elfman? Or Danny Elfman y, I mean, yes. Yeah, I I guess so. Yeah, Yeah, it's very Danny Elfman reminiscent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a march theme, which fits with like Robocop, mil, you know, policemen. Yeah, militaristic sort of. Yeah. yeah. Because, because, uh, you know, ideally, Robocop is. A military product is what they initially intended him for in the story as far as the, the plot line goes. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about it later. I can't figure out what the hell RoboCop is. So, so what? what let me, or do you want to talk about it now? No, let's figure out. Let's 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 delve into your, your RoboCop psyche here. When, when did you first see this movie? Oh, well, you see, RoboCop I knew about because my father rented a lot of pay-per-view movies. Yep. And there was a RoboCop preview before that he had recorded before some other movie that I watched a lot. I think it was actually Batman. And so I was always aware of RoboCop. I had the video game as well, but I actually never saw the movie till I was an adult. So I feel like the first time I actually saw the movie was maybe like 10, 15 years ago. Oh, okay. And that was, that was it. And when I finished watching it, I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't get what this is all about. And when I rewatched it, I confirmed what I felt like 10, 15 years ago. So this is only the second time you've seen it. This is only the second time I've seen it. Now, I've done some research on it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more appreciative of it, but I'm gonna, I'll mention some of that stuff later. Okay. 
So I love this movie. I have very little experience. but I saw this movie. Um, so we've mentioned this several times. We had very few ratings restrictions on our movies. Yes. We could pretty much do whatever we wanted. As far as, as far as videos go. Um, as far as home videos go. Not so much in the theater. But um, So I saw this movie right around the time it came out on video for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, back in 1988, I probably saw this. Yeah. Give or take. Maybe 89. Uh, I went through a phase where I would go, my friends and I would go to the video store, ride our bikes, go rent a movie. Back then, back then, video stores didn't care what you rented. I was going to say, they let you rent RoboCop? They didn't care. I was going to Joy Super Video. Oh, we used to go there all the time. Yeah, over on, uh, you know, Joy Road. Joy and, and Middle Belt. Joy and Middle Belt, yeah, they didn't care. They were just happy anybody walked in and rented something. That's not true. I mean, that's the era of... I mean, just, just the fact that you mentioned that place. There were so many, like, independent movie stores. Yeah, there were like time. like Videotron was around the corner. I remember too. some like uh, what do you call it, like party stores or yeah, just like convenience stores. Mm-hmm. stores in the back would have like movie rental things. Yeah, yeah, movie rental was kind of the new the new hotness then. Yeah, but yeah, so I saw this when I was around uh, around you know eight or nine years old, which thinking of it now is is ludicrous. Uh, having a seven year old, I would never let him watch this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I saw this movie when I was younger, and and I I think. I think that might have something to do with your less appreciativeness of it. I was only one, right? I mean, the movie came out in 87. I was born in 86. No, what I mean So is, I wouldn't have had any real close familiar, familiar, I can't say familiarity. Familiarity? Thank you. Um, well, it didn't hit you at the same time as it did me. It hit you, no. you know, as an adult. It hit me. Like, I saw that he's he's like a superhero to me. You know, wow. he's he's a... It's a horrible superhero to have. <laughs> But I love, I love. You are so like, you want to strangle me already. No, I'm just, I'm leaving it be. There's nothing you can say that can damper my mood watching this movie. I've seen this movie at least two dozen times. Oh my God. I have, I went out and I bought the Criterion Collection DVD of this movie when I found out that the Criterion Collection of this DVD movie existed and it's now out of print. The original version of this. Shocker. The X rated, the original X rated version of this. You're probably the only person that purchased it. A lot of people have this movie. Twelve, okay, but but I love this movie. This is this is my this is like I said. There's a few movies that are on my Mount Rushmore, and this is one of them. That's a shitty Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Is this like the Richie Rich Mount Rushmore? Did you see that movie back in the '90s with uh, Macaulay Culkin? No, I watched good movies like RoboCop. Well, I'm not saying it was a good movie, but he he had Mount Rushmore with his family. I feel like that Mount Rushmore would have this movie on it. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm done. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so budget-wise, what do you think this movie, 87, cost? God. Based on how well the movie looks today, it must not have, it must have been a low-budget film. So I'm going to say... It's 87. I'm going to say, like, maybe 8 million. 13 million. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in perspective, the box office for this was 53 million. Okay. Which puts it the 16th most successful film that year. So, so 53 million was like right in the sweet spot of of what good films were making then. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And 87 had a lot of had a, had a lot of big hits at that point too. I mean, I Joshua I, Tree from U2 came out in 87. Y- not, great film. Great well, film. Well, not a fi- things. Good job. Well, nice work. So this movie stars uh, and Michael Jackson's bad. <laughs> People are. Should have been more focused about the awesome music that was coming out than this shitty movie. 
So Peter Weller is the star here. He is RoboCop. <laughs> Which is already an indication of what this movie is. Peter Weller has to be the star. Who the hell is Peter Weller? Well, initially they had they were, they were looking at Rutger Hauer, who was a uh, big... He was in Blade Runner. He was. Yeah, he was a big uh, um, action star of this... Or, 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 or uh, he's a big actor in this genre of film, this kind yeah. of pantheon, sci-fi movies, action movies. Schwarzenegger was there. Uh, initially, they had picked Schwarzenegger, and then Verhoeven decided it was not the right way to go because he was just too big and bulky. Which I think makes perfect sense because RoboCop is big and bulky. So how are you going to fit that man's physique into that was RoboCop? The other, that was the other issue. The The entire costume was built around hockey pads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you couldn't get hockey pads big enough to fit Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then ultimately, Weller was chosen because he had the ability to, kind of like what Michael Keaton did in the Batman costume, mm-hmm. Peter Weller could do with his face and do all the emoting he needed to do uh, with the lower half of his face. Which is actually, those costumes are super similar. You only see the bottom half of their face. They are very similar. And at the time, the, the, the costume mm-hmm. cost $1 million to make. They budgeted, they budgeted $1 million for the costumes. They made six of them. The costume is pretty sweet. It was the most expensive item on the set. Yeah, I believe was the that. costume, and they had different ones too that showed different levels of damage based on um, what happens in the movie. Yeah, I had on here. Yeah, there were six of them made. Three were like intact, and three were damaged. You know, for things throughout the film, it was Rob Bowden, I believe, is his name. Okay, that that did the costume that made the suit, which he's also famous for. John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, okay. He did all those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is cool. I guess they wanted it to be like a slick blue color, mm-hmm. but then when they were filming it or when they were trying to test it out, it had like a weird glare with the camera. So then they decided to go with that like grayer, shinier kind of look to it. Yeah, so, it, it was a little too... And it made it more, look more police-like, I guess, Yeah, than the blue. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Zimbalist was originally cast as Ann Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie Zimbalist was on. Do you know how why she wasn't wasn't chosen? Wasn't it Remington Steel she was doing? She was in Remington Steel. The show had gotten canceled, and then uh, the fans basically brought it back, and NBC NBC renewed it. Yeah, they did. So, and uh, Nancy Allen took over mm-hmm. for Aunt, uh, to be Ann Lewis. She's she's not in the movie a whole lot. She's not in there a ton, no. You know, she's... Oh, Oh, here it comes. Sphinx. Yeah. So we mentioned just a second ago Remington Steel. Mm -hmm. What other very major film series was severely impacted by the Remington Steel renewal? Influenced by it? Mm -hmm. Impacted by it. Impacted by it? I mean, I guess James Bond. That's correct. I'm glad you know this. Pierce Brosnan is... Yeah, he's Remington Steel, and then it becomes Bond. Yeah, and he was originally going to take over after, uh, after. um, He was going to take over after Roger Moore. Thank you, Roger Moore. Yes, and then because of Remington Steel, he had to back out, and then that's when they added Timothy Dalton. Do you know how that happened with him? This is a little sidebar here. We're gonna. Well, I guess we'll talk talk about it more at some point. But here's the sidebar. I I knew the sidebar, but it sounds like you've done your homework. He was on his way in his car. To the Eon Productions press announcement to announce that Pierce Brosnan was going to be Bond. And yeah. then NBC called him up and said, Nope, you just got picked up. So they had to cancel the press conference and then uh, reschedule it and pick uh, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. But I don't know. Was it that timing? Because I feel like he was supposed to do Octopussy or View to a Kill, which was more mid 80s. 
Um, but maybe when the show was canceled, then he was getting ready to do Living Daylights, which was in 87. Yeah. So that, okay. So he was, he was thought of even before then, though, to be honest. Because Roger Moore, if I remember right, if I remember my Bond history, which I'm pretty good with it. Okay. Um, before Remington Steel actually first came out, I believe... That he was, um, in the he was on the radar, yeah. Oh, I had no idea on that one. Yeah. Well, well excellent. We'll have to have you do some more uh, research on that. Oh, don't you worry. My uh-huh. Bond, my James Bond is good. But we're talking RoboCop. So. We are. We're talking RoboCop. Um, what, what do you think? Get into the plot here? Do you, what, do you have, what do you have some more on the production? On the well, we got, we got more of our cast here, right? There's not a ton more. I mean, you well, got... Uh, but we got my favorite guy. Okay. Which is uh, Kurt Ward Smith. Kurt Ward Smith? Yeah. Yep. Is uh, Clarence Bodding... Boddicker. Boddicker. Thank you. Clarence Boddicker. And... Um, so again, since RoboCop wasn't my movie younger, like the only thing I'm thinking of, Kurt Ward Smith, is he's Red Foreman from that he 70s is Red show. From that 70s show. So throughout the film, I'm thinking, when is he going to say, I'm going to shove my foot up RoboCop's ass? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was always his line in that 70s show. Uh-huh. Or when is he going to call RoboCop a dumbass? Yeah. Because that's that's how I think of him. And even even when I rewatched this uh, a few weeks ago, like that's still what I kept thinking. He looks the same. He does. He looks exactly the same. And at the time, he was a character actor, mm-hmm. um, but he always played like an intellectual part. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've noticed because you've seen this movie a bunch. So like near the end of the film, they started making him wear glasses, mm-hmm. and they did that on purpose to make him kind of feel more like that intellectual bad guy. But I feel like that that totally doesn't work because he's not that at all. That's actually not it. I uh, thought that was it. No, Verhoeven put the glasses on him because uh, Verhoeven is. I don't know exactly his background, but he's from... Um, he's Dutch. He's Dutch. Thank you. So he lived through uh, a lot of World War II oh, and the Nazi occupation, and the glasses made Kurtwood Smith look like Heinrich Himmler. Yeah. So that's why they put the glasses on. I did see that, too. But I thought it was also to make him look a little bit more intellectual, because that's how people associated him up to that point. It could be. So maybe a mix of the two. Could be. Um... Dick Jones, who is the VP um, of Omnicorp, or whatever the official name of, of it's called. Thank you, OCP. Uh, that's played by Ronnie Cox, mm-hmm. which I just know him as Captain Bogomil from Beverly Hills Cop yep. series there. Um, but apparently he's done some other stuff, too, I believe. Yeah, he's done a lot of other movies. And before RoboCop, he did mostly um, like fatherly roles, kind of like, like in Beverly Hills Cop. He was... He was the captain. He, he was. wasn't fatherly. I mean, I guess in the second one, he did have a daughter. Yeah, he has a daughter. Right. And, he, and he really takes uh, takes Axel Foley kind of under his wing. Yeah, it was cool to see him as a bad guy in this movie. Mm, it was and, cool. And he's I good. Mean, he's a weird bad guy. Yeah. Well, he plays the typical 80s smarmy, you know. A little over the top. Yeah. Which is what this entire movie is. This movie over is. Over the top. This movie is delightfully over the top. Which is why I can't stand it. Delightfully but. over the top. And uh, you got uh, Miguel Ferrer. No. Yeah. Yeah, Miguel Ferrer, not Jose Ferrer. Yeah, he's, he's Bob Ferrer. Morton, which is the hot shot um, executive that moves up the ranks because, well, we'll talk about it when we talk about the plot, but he pretty much comes up with the RoboCop program. Mm-hmm. So he has a delightful end to his life in the he movie. He does indeed. All right, well, let's get into the plot then. All right. So the it. movie, uh, it's in Detroit. It takes place in Detroit. A little it is. hometown here. Even though none of this movie is shot in Detroit. No. Except... The very, very beginning, which did you notice? So when the movie starts, it pans out into the skyline of Detroit, mm-hmm. and it's going over 
um, the Kobo Hall garage. Okay. And then you can see, is it the Penobscot building? Is that Penobscot. how you pronounce it? Penobscot building. You can see that because it's got that famous red dome, mm-hmm. you know, on the top. That is it. Yeah. Nothing else is Detroit. No, everything else is filmed in Dallas. Yep. And, uh, and the steel mill is in Pittsburgh. The steel mill is in Pittsburgh. Yes, you are yeah. correct on that. Which, right. in those two cities, they definitely resemble, you know, Detroit. They have a good, they, they're tied very, very nicely to Detroit. Yeah. And um, so the movie starts, you got a new cop coming to the Detroit precinct. Alex Murphy. Alex Murphy, uh, played by Peter Weller, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's his first day. He gets his new partner, Ann Lewis. And they head out to uh, try and uh, clean up the city and, and do their patrol. It's a rough first day. It is a rough first day. They run afoul of uh, some thieves mm-hmm. uh, in the form of Car- Clarence Boddicker and his gang. Yep. Follow them back to their hideout, which doesn't they don't call for backup, which is a stupid plan. And all they have with them are pistols. No, see, that's the thing. They did have pistols. They had their pistols, but if you look in the front seat as they're getting out. Is there a shotgun there? There's a, there's a shotgun sitting right there that they don't grab. And then they why in. in the fuck did they not take it? I don't know that part. I don't know, and honestly, uh, realistically, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, no, it would have played a little bit of a part. All they had were hand pistols, and the, the thugs all have shotguns. If you also have a shotgun, you're probably in good shape. Plus, I would guess the cop car in the trunk probably has other shotguns. Uh, they were underfunded. I don't know, man. They were going to strike because they were underfunded. That doesn't mean they don't have any guns. That means they probably are lacking people. Regardless, they walk into this you building. They right. split up. Which really sounds like a great idea, too, because they already know that they're, that there's more of these bad guys than them. Yeah. Look, All right, I'll police training I'm aside, sorry. police training down. aside, you're right. They, mm-hmm. the mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. I, you're yeah. not wrong. This movie was made. That was a you're mistake. You're not wrong. Mistakes were made. So they split up. They get separated. Anne falls off a little platform and gets knocked unconscious. But but I love the Meanwhile, <laughs> no, 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 I got to go back cuz this is one of my favorite lines in the in the movie, which there are a lot of okay. good ones. So he sneaks up on one of the thugs. It, it's it's the black guy. Not that that matters, but that's who it is. Even though he is the most annoying character in this it's movie. Cuz you hate his laugh. That's exactly it. I know. He is so irritating. But he's taking a piss, which how did you not know that the police were coming? Anyway, he's taking a piss and then he's like, you know, you're like, "Hold it." And he's like, mind if I zip this up? That was the line. Yeah, and then she looks down, and he knocks the gun out of her hand and pushes her over the edge of the, yeah. edge of the platform. Fuck, she didn't die. So she gets knocked unconscious, and, uh, and Murphy goes looking for the rest of the, of the crew and ends up finding them mm-hmm. and um, basically gets the shit blown out of him. Yeah, he, he does. He just gets shot to hell. He gets his arm blown off, his hand blown off, Which his leg blown off. Which the arm blown off is so over the top and disgusting. That part was awesome. It's disgusting. Oh, it was so good. And then he's not like, no no sounds. Like, wouldn't you be like screaming in intense pain? He's, Your fucking hand got blown off. Well, he's probably in shock. He probably just instantly goes into shock. I, I don't know about that. The point is, he's blown to bits. He is blown to Bad bits. Bad guys escape. Next thing you know, OCP, who has now uh, entered into a contract with the city to run the police force, mm-hmm. has co-opted Alex Murphy's body. They've said he's dead. They've yeah. already declared him dead. There's a scene where the 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 court where the hospital calls his time of death. OCP takes control of his body and turns him into RoboCop. Now, before this happens, there's a there's a meeting where you've got Dick Jones. And you've got Bob Morton 
Uh, they've got two separate plans. Dick Jones has the Ed 205, which is an all-robotic police police uh, policeman, police uh, enforcer. Enforcement drone is what the Enfor- ED stands for. Enforcement drone. Or erectile dysfunction. Depends on which way you want to approach it. Just let me get through this, please. Please. Don't ruin this for me. Don't you ruin <laughs> this for me. I told you I would. I will break you. Don't you ruin this for me. <laughs> so... They're just they're displaying the Ed 409. Mm-hmm. Ed 409 comes into this board meeting. Ed 209. I've you've seen this movie two dozen times. The Ed 209 comes in. They're displaying its power. They have one of the other junior executives hold the gun up and say, and and the Ed 209 is supposed to do its automated, uh, automated system and disarm the guy. But something goes wrong, and the junior executive gets shot to hell. By the Ed 209. Kenny. That was his name. Kenny, yes. No, Kenny. 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 Doesn't matter. He's dead. And interesting fact about him. What? He is unofficially the most squibbed person in the history of film. Do you know what a squib is? No. A squib is the little uh, blood explosion, like the bullet shot that explodes off the body. He was squibbed over 200 times. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like he gets... It's as bad or even worse than Murphy when he gets shot to death. Yeah. It's awesome. No, it's not awesome. Yes, it because is awesome. Because it is, it's so, so over the top. It's supposed to First be over the off, top. It's a satire. The I, whole movie is a satire. But it's not funny. It's not supposed to be. It's a satire. It's not supposed to be funny. It's There's supposed, supposed to have, to have to a be social like a commentary. dark humor there as It's well. not even a dark humor. It's a social commentary. But, you know, the ED-209 looks like shit. Like, it just, it does not what? look that good. You... Sir, the way it doesn't look real at all. It, it was 1987. So they didn't have computer graphics then. That doesn't matter. They could have done some other stuff. Let me explain something to you. What? Okay. So the guy that designed that that made the whole apparatus, the Ed 209, the the animation of it, this guy named Phil Tippett. Yeah. Phil Tippett studied under a guy named Ray Harryhausen who created stop motion. Mm-hmm. Created the whole stop motion thing. What stop motion is where you use a camera. And you just keep taking pictures, 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 and then you're moving an object. Moving the clay. One thing at a time. One thing at a time, which is what was used at the time. Yeah. So movies like Sinbad uh, and the Seven Seas. Um, Sinbad was your first choice there? That's one of the Ray Harryhausen, one of the classic oh, Ray Harryhausen. Oh, God's going to use like Star Wars. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Which they do it way better. That's what I'm getting to. Which Star Wars is over by 83. Let me, and they do way better than this Phil movie Phil Tippett's the guy that designed it and did it in Star Wars. Let me finish my thought. Then what the hell happened? Let me explain and stop talking. So, Phil Tippett works at ILM and creates Go Motion, which is what was used for all the ATATs and the Tauntauns in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Phil Tippett's the guy that did, that did all the animation here. And all that animation looks really good. It doesn't film well because it's aged. It's 1987. There's no computer graphics to help amplify it. But it's the same technology that's used. And if you look at, when was the last time you watched Empire? It's been a while. Empire, it looks the exact same. There's no change in it whatsoever. Do you know what I did just watch last night mm-hmm. that I was really unimpressed with that came out right around this time was Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. There's a lot of scenes in there that look yeah. really dated. Yeah, the computer graphics they used there it's were not a little... good. No, it doesn't hold up as well. So it's the same era. So yeah. I, you You're right. To, you there, might be a, there might be other movies that are probably equally bad as RoboCop that I thought were okay back in the day. Yeah, it's, a different, it's just a different era. And Phil Tippett's... Look, if you're going to have anybody do it, Phil Tippett's the guy. I guess. The other thing that bothered me with this scene was was how they all reacted. The dude gets shot unimaginably 
and no one seems to be concerned. Well, one person goes, somebody want to call a goddamn paramedic? Well, that was the thing. Um, in order for them to get past... So this movie went up to the ratings board 11 times, yeah. and all 11 times it was given an X rating. They had to change a bunch of things in it, which I'll, I have a list. I'll go over the list of yeah, that. Yeah. One of the things they had to do was add in little bits of pseudo-levity just to kind of get things past the sensors. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that shot where he's getting you know, where he's getting blown up, getting shot, he lands on the table and gets shot some more. I don't know which version you saw. I saw the original. So like no So you didn't see the X-rated version. You didn't see I did not. There's more after that. That's what I've heard. So he gets shot, he lands on the table and then he gets shot like twenty more times. Those twenty <laughs> more Oh yeah. What why? Yeah. God. So they took that part out of the original cut and they added that somebody go call a medic line in order to add some kind of levity to the situation. Uh, and, and, and that's why that line, initially that line wasn't in there. But then, so then once they get approved for the RoboCop program, yeah. you know, they're talking about, well, it's a shame what happened to Kenny. And then some guys are like, yeah, that's life in the big city. Really? It's life in the big city to be mauled and massacred by an ED-209? That's life in the big city? You need to understand, this it's is a satire. Is a, it is absolute satire. But it doesn't make any sense. It's you can be satire, but if you make sense... This is totally satire. This is 100% satire. And that's that's a very satirical comment. Like he they're so detached from from reality and from emotion that they don't care that this guy got blown up. It's like, "Yeah, big deal. Let's move on to the next thing." I guess. That's the satire behind it. I don't like the satire. So Murphy gets turned into RoboCop. He they does. set him loose on the city. Uh, he goes and and one of the first things he does is uh, stop a rape in progress. <laughs> so these two guys yeah. uh, are holding this girl hostage and they're getting ready to rape her. And um, RoboCop walks up and aims and shoots through the girl's dress between her legs and shoots the guy in the dick. He sure does. It was awesome. That was pretty good. That was great. There was one other scene when he's roaming around. It's when um, the city council is being, the city councilman is being, um, is holding the mayor hostage. Yeah. Also, just such terrible dialogue. It yeah. made me laugh. That dialogue so really badly. Bad. I will so, admit to that. you know, RoboCop shows up and he's like, you know, keep him busy or whatever. Uh -huh. And so one of the officers is like, all right, what are your demands? And he's like, I need a, a warm cup of coffee. Like, what the fuck? He's like, and, and I want to recount, but I'm going to win no matter what. And I want my old job back. And I want a new car with uh, cruise control and leather seats. And I better have good, or better have shitty gas mileage. Yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah. It's it, not funny. It's dumb. It's stupid. I feel like it just, it takes away from the movie. And that's part of the things they had to put in in order to get past the ratings board. Well, they should have had a better writer. Like, you can still have some humorous things in the film. This film was already so... in the can. This thing was done and ready to go. And, you know, you submit it 11 times, you got to make some concessions. Well, so... you want, let's go over it now. We'll just do it right now. We'll, we'll talk about what was cut. So, uh, bordering scene, I, I've added that already. Um, Murphy's death scene, yeah. they didn't show his arm getting blown off. They didn't show his hand getting blown off. There's also a part where uh, he's kind of writhing in pain, and Clarence shoots him in the head and the hole. You didn't see where he gets shot in the head, and then the hole blows out of the back of his head. Good God. Yeah, they like, cut that. Why does Verhoeven feel like he needs this much gore, like this much? He, the reason why is because it's supposed to be this over-the-top, huge satire. The whole movie is a satire. It is. It's a whole. It's a commentary on 
corporate greed. It's a commentary on the destruction of society. I get all the themes, which we can talk about in more detail later, but it doesn't, I don't know. It just, it does too much for me. You're, you're, I, think you're, I think you're just, you're missing the point of the movie. Okay. The movie's a lot deeper than you're giving it credit for. You're right. Let me, I'll, I'll add, I'll say more later. Okay. okay. I keep interrupting, which I do apologize. So if you want to keep going through those or you want to keep going through the plot. Let's finish the plot. We'll finish right. the plot. We'll move on from there. Um, so eventually, uh, Murphy is left to, uh, to, to do his patrols. Uh, at some point, he runs back into Lewis, and Lewis calls him Murphy, and it sort of jogs his memory, and mm-hmm. he starts to remember his old life, which is, has since evaporated around him. His wife thinks he's dead, so she leaves with the kids. He goes back to his old house to visit that. He's starting to have memories of everything, uh, and then he suddenly remembers how he died, and so he goes to the records room and pulls up the records of his death and finds that it's Clarence Boddicker who killed him and all of his associates. And then he goes on a rampage just tracking down Clarence and his gang uh, and eventually tracks them down to the to the steel mill where they have their... Or not the steel mill. No, I apologize. Tracks them down. It's like a it's like a drug factory. Yeah, like it's a, a, like it's a, a drug coke, building. It's a coke den. Yeah. Basically, they're, they're packaging all the cocaine. Because Boddicker spills the beans and says that he's working for Dick Jones, the yes. VP. Um, and so that also is a big tip for RoboCop and then wants to go after Omnicorp, which... OCP. The OCP, mm-hmm. which then becomes a bigger deal. Yeah, they, so at that point, RoboCop knows that Dick Jones is involved, so he goes to confront Dick Jones and finds out he has a secret fourth directive that he can't arrest any uh, vice president or any, any uh, executive OCP. And then what are the first three directives? Uh, protect the peace. No. Um, protect the innocent. Protect the, the innocent. second one. Yep. You Ser- right there, oh, serve the public trust is the first one, and then uphold the law is the third. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of foreshadowing earlier in the movie because it, it says on the screen on the bottom, like yeah. there's directive four classified. Mm-hmm. So you know that something's coming up, but then it gets... They plant the seed and they just kind of gloss over it. And then yep. it comes up where the, the, the fourth directive is he, uh, he can't arrest any kind of uh, OCP executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Dick Jones six the uh, Ed 209 on him. Yeah. And uh, then calls all the police in and says, RoboCop's gone rogue, and then sends Clarence Boddicker after him as well. Mm-hmm. What so, stops the ED-209? A flight of stairs. Yeah, that part is kind of crazy. Of all the things that that pretty cool droid robot thing can do. It can't it go downstairs. can't go downstairs. And I don't understand the pig noise as it flips over on its back. It has all sorts of animal noises. Yeah. The, yeah the, it does have a lion noise when it uh, mm-hmm. attacks. It uh, growls. Yeah, it does growl. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, RoboCop has to then defend himself against Clarence Boddicker and his, and his crew in the steel mill. He mm-hmm. eventually hooks back up with Ann Lewis and gives him some baby food, which he doesn't want. Yeah. Because uh, apparently that's what he needs to, to feed himself. To but maintain the flesh. But he's dead. I... He's got to maintain the flesh, and his brain is still alive. It's still his brain and his spinal column. If he's dead, how is his brain still alive? Look, we're not discussing yep, the science. Of you this. don't have an answer. I don't have to have an answer. It's a, it's a science fiction action movie. I don't have to have an answer for it. Doesn't need one. That's a cop out. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, keep going. A very, very clever cop. Cop out. Yeah. Get, uh, get a cop out. He's a cop. 
That's, okay. That's better humor than this entire film. All right, keep going. Leads to a final standoff. Uh, the Ed, or I'm sorry, uh, Clarence Boddicker and his gang are supplied with these giant badass guns, which can blow up a car in one shot. They are pretty sweet. They are pretty awesome. And um, they basically look like giant rail guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, they track down RoboCop, have their little final duel. There's a great scene where one of the guys, Emil, gets run into some uh, <laughs> toxic some waste. toxic waste, and his face is all melting. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets hit by a car and splatters everywhere. <laughs> oh and, and his face, you know, he I think he goes to one of the other cronies, and he's like, "Oh man!" He's just me. got like body dripping all over his him. Skin's dripping off his fingers. Just just more of that over the topness. It was awesome. And then he gets gets obliterated by a car and splatters. Yeah, Bodiger runs him over. Uh-huh. He just explodes. Like a watermelon hitting a a, a car, mm-hmm. which is probably what they used. Probably just threw a bunch of watermelons at him. Yep. And then the end of the film is uh, Clarence Boddicker and, and RoboCop are facing off. One of his other cronies drops a bunch of steel on top of RoboCop. Mm-hmm. RoboCop manages to get free. In the meantime, Lewis shoots Boddicker. And then RoboCop stabs Boddicker. No, no, no. Lewis shoots the guy that oh, dropped the Oh, Lewis shoots the, the guy that drops steel. the steel. That's right. Yeah, she uses one of those weapons when the big ass and guns. blows the right. thing and up. And then Boddicker shoots her. Yes. Yes. And uh, and then Boddicker's about to put the final bullet in RoboCop, and RoboCop flips out his... Uh, so it's his his little interface for the computer is like a giant spike. Yeah. And he stabs Boddicker in the neck, blood spurts everywhere. Which I guess that was one of those X-rated scenes that they had to make a little bit better. I did read that. Yeah. Because that was a lot worse it, yeah, the, than the scene you The see. other version, there's a giant blood splatter that hits Robocop. Then he turns and it's squirting out of his neck and it's pretty great. <laughs> it's really great. And, uh, and and that's how the movie ends is, is, is Robocop goes back to work after that, gets prepared. Oh, oh hold on here. The man who's seen this movie so much, then he goes back to Omni, and he's he's about to arrest Dick Jones. That's right. I and then, forget about that part. I, and he blows up, up the ED two hundred nine. That's that's protecting the building. Blows apparently. up the ED two hundred nine. Blows up the ED two hundred nine. He goes back up the stairs, and then he holds the old man, Dick Jones, grabs the old man who is in charge of the company, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill him or whatever." And um, the old man fires him. Yeah, and which was a, a dumb line. Yeah, he's like, "You're fired." And then RoboCop shoots because that no longer allows the fourth directive to work. Yep. Now that he's not employed, therefore RoboCop then kills him, and he very fakely falls out of the building. Yeah. And then that what is was, what is the final line? What's your name, son? Yeah, Murphy. Mm-hmm. And then the movie. But yeah. So that's basically the plot of the movie. Um, I get very excited about it because I love this movie so much. I love the over-the-topness. I love the satire of it. Nick is giving me a look. Sphinx, what's the issue? I, I, I think I've said a lot of it. This this over-the-topness, it just, for me, it takes away the joy of the movie. Because it is trying to talk about some serious issues, I think. Like, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's... The problem that I have with it is it just seems like it's a forced humor. And when you have mentioned during this episode that they had to add these things in, it makes perfect sense to me that they had to add these in because they don't fit in the overall idea behind the film. It just, I know that he wants to have a bunch of commentary on what's going on in the late 80s and all that kind of stuff. You know, he's got those cheesy ass commercials 
that air throughout the film, whether it's the the Nukem game or it's the was it the six thousand SUX? The six thousand SUX is this uh commentary on how cars are um have terrible gas mileage. So here's the here's the commercial. It'll, I'll have to describe it. So it starts with a a dinosaur rampaging through the city. It's a stop motion dinosaur. Thank you, Phil Tippett. Sphinx with his Phil Tippett hate. Yeah, it looks like shit looking at it. And it's then back. big is back because bigger is better. Six thousand SUX, an American tradition. Eight point two miles per gallon. Yeah. Yep. So that's one of the commercials. And then there's another theme that runs through. This is the worst. It's this TV show. I can't figure. It's almost like a Benny Hill ripoff. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. It's like a Benny Hill ripoff. Yeah, I want to know what the actual premise of this is. And uh, this guy's line. I tried to look it up, too, and couldn't. I'd buy that for a dollar. That's a classic. But but what makes that a classic? I mean, it even says on the YouTube clip here, a classic line. That's all I can say. Yeah, because what else can you like? I don't get it. It's it's the whole aesthetic of the movie. This it, this movie really missed you. It has it did it really did, and and I don't know why. You're gonna be in the minority. I can guarantee. I know you. I am. People are gonna go after me on this episode, but I like those don't make any sense to me. Like I, if you're trying to have a conversation about what's going on in society, you don't. This satire, I get what satire is all about, but it's just it's too much for me. This that whole, it, it takes away from the movie. Because I'll tell you, like. I think that the idea of the film and like the RoboCop idea and and what he's trying to do and the whole corporation takeover and all that, like I do like all of that. It's these little things here that just are so out of left field. It it made me not enjoy it as much as I would want to. Wow, see these 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 little things are the reason. They're like the extra little sprinkles on top that really drive the point home. And 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 the different commentaries, like you know, I'd buy that for a dollar. Why is that funny? It's, it's not supposed not. to be, but it, it is. It, but it's not. I don't find it. But, and everybody watches the show. That's the thing. It's, it's always on. Every TV, it's always on, and everyone's laughing at it. I know. I don't. And the 6,000, 8.2 miles a gallon? That's hilarious. So funny. You're really killing me. I'm, I'm so ecstatic. Did you enjoy the movie? I don't know. Not, not really. Man, that hurts me. It hurts I, me in my heart, Nick. I, I'm sorry. It's Sphinx, by the way. My apologies. I, you know, luckily it's only like 90 minutes. It's not that long. But I. The version I watched was longer. <laughs> well, that would have been even worse for me. I, I just, I, the gore is over the top. I, I just, I don't know. It doesn't, like, I love action movies. Obviously, I'm doing an action movie podcast. But this is just all way too much. And it, it, it takes the joy of it out for me, to be quite honest. And, you know, we mentioned earlier in this episode, like, I love James Bond movies. Like, they're my favorite. And there are some really cheesy moments in the John, James Bond history. But this really rubbed me the wrong way. That is so strange to me. I can't. We are absolutely in disagreement here. I, I don't know, man. Not, not something like I've, I saw it twice. I have no interest to watch this again. Wow. I will mention, though, and, and we'll probably talk about this. Well, we'll probably talk about it now, I guess. And yeah. the, the remake yep. came out in 2014, I think it was. It did. And I liked the remake. I liked it, too. I thought it was Because it didn't have the stupid-ass satire stuff to it. Okay. And so I actually I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think, like, Gary Oldman's in there mm-hmm. and uh, Samuel L. Jackson there, too. Mm-hmm. I think so. 
Like I like Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's is he the old man or is he the Dick Jones like character? He's a Dick Jones like character. He's like the, not the, the Dick Jones. The, he's like the Bob Morton. Yeah, because I know like the movie is a little bit different from the original plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that better than this one than oh, the original. I did. Blasphemy. I'm sure a lot of people are going to disagree on that. Oh, Nick, you hurt me. You if just, there's anyone out there me. that likes the new RoboCop more than me, please please share that with us. Yeah, you guys on, can go on off Discord and have your own, or your own uh, social media. You start your own channel. Yeah. Idiots. Wow. Ugh. Okay. All right. What else do you have? Any, do you have anything else you want to add to this? Um. So a couple of the themes, we mentioned some of it, like corporate America and industrial decline, urban decay. I do love all that kind of stuff. One thing that I didn't think of but was mentioned in the documentary I watched, which I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. I'm sure you know. Do you know the name of the documentary it came no, out for? No, stop my head. It was called, shit, shoot, Flesh and Steel, Making of RoboCop. Okay. Uh, Verhoeven talks a lot about how he was trying to represent RoboCop as Jesus. There's a lot of Christian symbolism. There is, yeah. Behind the movie. A lot of his movie has that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was kind of an interesting piece to mention. You know, he mentions that, you know, Murphy's horrific death is like Jesus' horrific death. He gets resurrected as RoboCop. Like, I mean, Jesus doesn't get resurrected as RoboCop. How great would that be? <laughs> yeah, the Bible would be different. <laughs> he is resurrected. Um, you know, when he's walking ankle deep in the water at that end scene against Bodiger, it's like Jesus walking on the water. That stuff's kind of cool. I get that. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about like masculinity as well. You know, he mentions that man requires more than just body. He needs help. Uh, he makes a similarity in documentary of like Terminator, you know, knights had to wear metal armor back in the day. Um, in this RoboCop scene, you know, in RoboCop, it's kind of a similar thing and just how, that, that mixture of dependability between human and machine, robot, that kind of deal. It's got those type of imageries in there, which, which is cool. And then also talks about identity, you know, him trying to recapture his previous life and all that. And I'm assuming that. you watched all this after you saw the movie. Yes. Okay. Does it make you appreciate the movie more now seeing this? It does. And so, I mean, I'll mention this when, I, when we do our final rating. Okay. So I'm going to leave. I'm going to sure. leave that for now. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, this was a successful movie. It was. You know, there's... Three, uh, well, two sequels, mm-hmm. you know, RoboCop, obviously, two and three. And the remake. Right? And the remake. You had a cartoon, there was comics, uh, a TV series, two different TV series, like live-action TV series, uh, video games, all, all kinds of different things. I did have one of the video games. How was that? I never played the video games. I feel like I enjoyed it. Right. You know, it's just, you know, it's like a platformer, like RoboCop walking around. I think he uses gun to shoot stuff. Pretty basic. But Fair enough. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it. Uh, one of the other things that it spawned, hitting uh, real close to home here, yeah. is uh, the RoboCop statue that's going to be put up in Detroit. Yeah, so there was a Detroit News article that came out um, back in the fall of 2007, kind of giving an update. So 2007? 2017, I'm 2017. sorry. 2017. But the idea of having the statue was back in 2011. Yep. There was a guy that had visited Philadelphia and saw that there's a big Rocky statue at the bottom of the steps of the library there, which is the famous iconic scene in Rocky. Have you ever been to Philadelphia? I have not. I went there last year, and uh, my son and I took the picture in front of the Rocky statue and all that. It's a huge tourist spot for yeah. people to do the picture. We like have our arms up in the air and all that. And so this the sculptor is like, we need something like this in Detroit. And so I think it was like a GoFundMe. Like he asked online, you know, if people can support me, I want to make a RoboCop statue in Detroit. 
And and lo and behold, it was super popular. Um, and I think he got over sixty thousand dollars in funds. He did to uh, to raise money to build this thing. Uh, it's been side railed a little bit because I guess he he ended up with cancer, um, but has now since recovered. He he wanted to. He asked Mayor Dave Bing at the time if he could have this statue, like in Hart Plaza, which is like the centerpiece of Detroit. Uh, and Bing tweeted back that, yeah, we're not, we're not really interested in that. That doesn't really seem to be a great thing. Um, but lo and behold, he's been working on this sculpture. It is 11 feet tall. It's huge. It is huge. It's made of bronze and some other things. And apparently he has been able to convince the DIA, Detroit Institute of Arts, that that is where it can be. And so the DIA is part of this rebuilding area on Detroit Midtown, which is really growing in popularity. And it sounds like sometime this year, 2018, it is going to come up. I have an update as of May 2nd, 2018, so just this month. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Last month. Last month. um, The Michigan Science Center is going to serve as its permanent home. Okay. So the DIA is right across the street. Right across the street. It's going to be right outside the Michigan Science Center. They haven't set a release date of when they're actually putting it up. But it's completed, they have the agreement in place, and it is going to be going up, um, I would imagine, before the end of the year. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Because looking at the pictures from this article from the news, it, it looks like it's built. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's nearly done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'm just sure there's, trying there's a little to figure bit of assembly. Out, yeah, it's just trying to figure out where they want to put it. So it sounds like that's where it's going to be. Yeah. So RoboCop will be on the streets of Detroit to help us here, apparently. All right. You got anything else you want to add to this? We're going to rate this sucker? Um, yeah, I guess I'm, uh, well, actually, I do have one more thing. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. So there was another article. So Newmeyer, the writer, was interviewed by CNN back in uh, January. Okay. And there is a, another RoboCop in process right now to be made. So it is going to be a sequel to the original RoboCop, the movie that we're reviewing here. So he said it on TV. He's like, I got a script written, and we're, we're working on it. So well, it's that gonna just means be... that the script's written, and he's trying to sell it. It sounded a little bit more, I don't know. If you're on CNN, I feel like you can't just say, well, never mind. I don't want to get into that side of things. Let's not, let's not get into that. Yeah, but nonetheless, I, that's, that is a, a recent thing, is that apparently they're looking at continuing, going off the old storyline, apparently. All right, well, we'll look into that uh, in the future. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, let's give this thing a rating. Let me hear those guns. It's time for the machine gun rating. All right. All right, Sphinx. So. Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? You can go first. I am giving the, this is, like I said, one of my childhood favorites, my Mount Rushmore of action films. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I'm wearing the shirt. I could talk about this movie endlessly. It it warms me inside to watch this movie. This movie is getting five machine guns. Wow. This is my five machine gun movie. This is one of your five machine gun movies. It is huh? my Mount Rushmore, my five five machine gun movie. You can take that rating. Shove it up your ass. No, not that. You can take that rating and divide it in half, and that would be mine. I'm going to give this a two and a half star rating. Here, here's the deal. I think 
you have a whole lot of nostalgia on this, and I totally get that. And this is a movie that, since you're wearing a damn shirt about it, like this movie means a lot to you. And that's cool. Whatever. That's fine. I don't have that relationship with RoboCop. So being like an outsider, I guess you can say, it, it just, it's not my thing. Like, I love sci-fi and all that kind of stuff, too. It, it's just not my thing. I think that the, the overall realm of what RoboCop is trying to accomplish, the, the themes, the franchise, the impact it has, I think all of that is greater and more influential than the film itself. Because I feel like all the things that it wants to talk about and it's trying to bring up in the film, I think it misses the target. And as a standalone film, it just doesn't do it for me. It's super cheesy. It's hokey. It's over the top. It takes away from the film for me. The RoboCop sum is better than the parts, meaning the, the film itself, in my opinion. So the legacy of it is strong. I get that. You know, almost everyone's going to know RoboCop and its influence and all that. But as a film, not, not totally impressed. I'm giving it two and a half. I stopped listening. I'm sorry. What was that? You're a douche. Because you know, you know deep down, I'm right. You don't want to accept <laughs> no, it. No, not even no, not nope. even a little. You know it. This we are this we are in disagreement <laughs> again on this movie. This movie, Sucks. it's five stars. It's five friggin' machine guns, and 50, I would use them all. Fifty percent. All right. Well, it is a rotten tomato. You're a fucking rotten tomato. Ugh. Whatever. Well, on that note, five machine guns. Um, we're gonna wrap up this episode. We appreciate. Oh no, we're not gonna wrap up this episode. No, we should probably talk we about. We should probably our talk about. You got me so flustered. I know because I feel like garbage, I won. I feel like your, I won this battle with your like trash. You, you didn't win shit. I I definitely did. You're all like, oh, five, five machine guns. But it then is still five you, you've guns. got like a trembling in your voice. I can see your lower lip shaking a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I've really, I've, you've really hurt me to I my sure core. Did. You've you've really. Just, which if Robocop had a heart, maybe he'd feel something. But apparently, he can still remember memories, which doesn't make any fucking sense. We're not discussing this now. Yeah. It's not. This is neither the time nor the place. It doesn't make any sense. And once again, you're just avoiding the conversation to move on. But let's talk with our Gamezilla you know. Media. So go to GameZillaMedia.com. You can find information about all of the Gamezilla Media po- podcasts and shows. We got Gamezilla podcast, which streams live at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Mondays, and you can watch the actual podcast of the show on Tuesdays. Yes. We got Noobs and Dragons, which is the D&D podcast starring the lovely and talented Craig WK. Yes. Uh, you've got Grim, Jazzy, and Chops also. That show premieres on Wednesdays. It's them playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. They are new players. Craig is, of course, the Dungeon, Dungeon Master. Master. Dungeon Master extraordinaire. Very Thursdays, Thursdays, we got the Legend of Retro podcast with... Chops, Chops and Craig, Craig talking about uh, retro games, which I love. My son loves. He's seven. We recommend you listen to that uh, regularly as well. I think they need to do a RoboCop uh, episode I've know, been, for the video games. I've been uh, talking to Chops about that. We'll see how that goes. Perfect. We've got Craig WK doing his. He does long plays. Long plays are just actual sit-down playthroughs of video games. Uh, he does those on, uh, just periodically. You can watch them on YouTube. And uh, we've got GameZilla Alpha, which is our topics program. It's we talk about, um, you know, important topics within the gaming industry and things that connect to it. That's uh, that's it releases on Sundays. And if you become a Patreon, go to patreon.com/gamezilla 
media. You can support the shows. You can get access to GameZilla Alpha early. You can get access to backstage content from News and Dragons. And uh, you can help us deliver some uh, some content to you. Uh, we give you more information, more content. We can do more things with more donations from Patreon. We appreciate any donations that you can provide us. You can catch us yeah. on, uh, on Facebook. Where are we at? We're at Facebook at Last Action Podcast, and then we're also on Instagram uh-huh. and Twitter at Last Action PCast. So please uh, follow us um, as and keep you up to date on different episodes. You know, we'll we'll share what movie we're going to do ahead of time in case you want to join in and watch the film and provide some online commentary about what's going on. Since I'm sure some of you can't wait to get after me on this RoboCop, join the review. Discord. Yes, please, please, please join the Discord. So I can handle it. I deal with teenagers all day. I can handle your your hatred that you're about to throw at me. I, there's going to be so I'm going to start creating fake accounts just so I can get at you. That, that's a bit much for uh-huh. RoboCop, but uh, you like can also go to GameZillaMedia.com in case you want to see uh, any other information about the shows. Uh, we've got pictures up there. We've got links to all the podcasts. We've got links to our social media pages uh, and all of our information's on there, so you can find us there as well. And um, it, for right now, I, I think we've 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 hit this pretty hard. What do you think? Yeah, I think we hit it a little too hard because I'm I'm ready. Well, in that case, this episode, the Last Action Podcast, like Nick's opinion, has been terminated. But unlike LPJ, I'll be back. He will not. I'd buy that for a dollar. You suck. I'm going to blow your dick off. Five machine guns.